All right. So we're in a series called Welcome to the Family. Uh, started it a couple weeks ago. Uh, I brought the first message on what is church or why church, and we talked about it's not just something that you attend, but it's something you join yourself to. Followed up by Pastor Mike last week. He brought one on, on honoring uh, and how when we honor one another, it opens the windows of heaven. It brings glory to God and allows his presence active in our lives. When we want to continue that uh, this week, uh, so the four core values that Victory Life has, so think of them as like um, family values, okay? Um, the four values that we have are honoring, faithful, excellence, and teachable. And today we're going to go through faithful. We're going to talk through what does that really mean? We're going to land in uh, Matthew 25 uh, here in just a few minutes. But I just want to read, read a, a verse uh, actually out of Philippians. It's Philippians 2, 3 through 5. It says, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way that Christ Jesus thought of himself. Now you're going to notice something different on the screen. I'm going to put that same verse up, but also well, we're going to read it as the world would read this today. Philippians 2, 3 through 5, the world's way. <laughs> Push your way to the front. Sweet talk your way to the top. Get ahead. Be obsessed with getting your own advantage. See the, the contrary thinking between the world and what Christ says. This morning, as we go through this, the, uh, the, the word and this message... We as, as Christians, those that are followers of Christ, have an opportunity to do things the world doesn't do. See, some people see that as, I can't do what the world does. But you have an opportunity. You have a privilege to do things that the world, they don't do. They don't, they don't get yet. In first. Uh, 1 Timothy 1.12, the Bible says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. The NIV says, putting me into his service. So this morning as we talk about being faithful, I want you to know that the Lord is calling you. He's calling you to a deeper, closer walk this morning than what you had before you walked in this place. But I absolutely love this scripture. It says, who counted me, because he counted me faithful. When you think of how God thinks of you, do you think of yourself as faithful? I'm going to tell you something. I'll be 100% honest. There are so many times I'm like, man, have I dropped that ball. 
faithfulness. I, I'd love to see myself as faithful. Uh, Pastor James wrote a book one time, or he wrote a book, period. <laughs> um, and uh, it's called Living Free. And in that book, it challenges you to take a minute and ask God, what does he see you as? What, what would he call you? And so I took, I took this exercise seriously. Just like that, I heard the word faithful. And then it said, now how do you see yourself to God? How would you say you see yourself? And I began to give all the reasons why I wasn't faithful. I began to see myself as a needy child that always had an issue, always had a problem. And I'm like, Lord, this is complete opposite, almost like I was burdensome. How could God see me this way, and yet I saw myself completely opposite? And what was I going to believe? And I had a decision I had to make. I had a belief that I had to change. Was I going to see myself like God saw me, or was I going to see myself like I saw myself? And I pray today you will see what God sees today. Because I'm telling you, see, uh, the what? Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. I get the fact that all of our hearts have issues. Okay, I get all of that. But God sees something in you, purpose, plans, and that's what I pray that you see today is what he says over your life. He called us into his service. He's called us into the ministry. So why faithfulness? Why are we talking about, about faithfulness? So if you think of faithfulness, we're, again, I told you we're going to go to Matthew 25. And if you read Matthew 25, I'm not there yet, but in just a minute. The, the, the story we're going to read is in between Jesus talking about the end times. He, he's talking about him coming back, him returning. And yet in the very heart of it, we read about faithfulness. But faithfulness is what we call, it's the main qualifier. So if we're looking to promote so what I need you to do this morning, actually, before I jump there, what I need you to do this morning is think, okay, we have this spiritual truth that now we're going to break down to our everyday life. So if, 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 when we're looking at faithfulness, that's one of the things we're looking at in, in victory life. That's one thing that your, your office is looking for, something that's needed in your home or in your school faithfulness is an attribute that encompasses all other attributes. Think about the importance of faithfulness in your marriage. If I'm earning a good income, 
but I'm not faithful to my wife. Does the income really matter? If I'm at work and, and I cannot complete a task without being asked to do it many times, am I a faithful worker? Am I faithful if, if, if my finances are a hot mess, but I've, I've put tithing on the back burner? You see where we're going here? Time with God, I wrote down. Mary and Martha. Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha's out busily doing housework, doing good things, trying to serve Jesus, but she's missing that important part of being faithful to sit at his feet. We might be super good at sports. If we're in school, not doing a lick of studies. Now, I know in some schools, if you play football, you know, whatever. <laughs> They're like, as long as you're good at football. But you got you to gotta study. <laughs> Most people aren't going to make it to the pros, okay? Uh, every person will be able to apply this in some area of their life today. So when I, when I think of, of faithfulness or when I think of being in the ministry, I used to think of it in terms of gifting. Well, that person's gifted in what they do. They have a quote-unquote anointing to do what they're doing. See, we might think in terms of gifting, but God thinks in terms of faithfulness. Think of Samson's life. Samson who, you know, his, his hair is a Nazarite. He took a Nazarite vow. His hair was long, and he could bench press a lot. <laughs> he could tear down walls. He could beat up animals with a jawbone. I mean, he could do all sorts of things like that. Super strong. But his, his gifting took him to a place where his character could not keep him. He lays his head in the lap of Delilah, and Delilah cuts off his hair. And takes his strength. We must remain faithful to God. And to those that we are accountable to. If we just think in terms of God. See when I went to college. I was. Very ministry minded. Loved. The, went, went for business. Immediately changed it. To ministry. I knew that was the calling that God had for my life. But I was a horrible student. I was always thinking about how I could take something I had just heard or something I had just read and turn it into a message. God was just continuously stirring my, my spirit, but I was not applying myself to the work that was set before me. I wasn't faithful with the duties that were, were before me. I was what do they say? So heavenly minded, I was no spiritually good. I, my feet have to walk on this earth at this point in time. Your feet have to walk on this earth right now. So learning to be faithful now is a way of honoring God. So how do we be faithful? In Matthew 25, verses 15 through 21, let's read this. It says, And to the one he gave five talents to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability, and immediately he went on a journey. So this is the master. Master calls his servants, says, hey, I'm going on a journey. 
He gives them these talents. He goes away for a long time. And they are, they are to steward the talents that they were given. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So let me ask you a question. What has God put in your hands? I want you to think about that. What has God put in your hand? What has he called you to be faithful with? Think of two or three things. My first thought was Jillian. Now this could be work, it could be family, it could be finance, it could be lots of different things, but my first thought was Jillian. She belongs to God, but he has entrusted her into my care that together her and I can serve him. So there's three keys to faithfulness that we see in this scripture. But again, I want you to think about what's, what, your, what your talent is or what you've been entrusted with. So three, th three keys to faithfulness. Number one, you do not need to be micromanaged. Number two, increase is expected. And number three, the motive is for others. So let's go back. You do not need to be mi mi micromanaged. It says the man, verse 14 states, a man was traveling to a far off country. He called his servants and delivered his goods to them. He entrusted them with a job and then went away. So think of it at, at, at your office. This, these are going to be so practical. You're going to think, oh my word, I can't believe either one, I didn't pay attention to that or two, this is going to help me on a day-to-day -day basis. So you're, you go to work, and your boss gives you a job. I'm not saying anything about the quality of your boss because you're not responsible for the quality of your boss. You're only responsible for the, the way you work. So let's use that as an example. So your, your boss gives you a job, then what? How faithful are you to complete that job and maybe even more. How can you anticipate what else might need to be done so that they see when the, your, your work sees that when something needs to happen, here you are, there's the one that's faithful to be able to complete the task and so much more. Think about how this verse applies to your life. I wrote down uh, a faithful person takes instruction and is able to get the job done with minimal oversight. You don't need to be babysat. You don't need to be micromanaged. One, one way that I, that I 
I thought about this when it comes to Jillian. So at my old job, I had a lot of freedom. Okay? I would spend my time going out, knocking on doors, introducing myself to people, you know, trying to get clients and all those things. But when I left the house, I wasn't just going to an office. I could be going anywhere. And I remember one time as I was driving around, there, there, there's more to this story. There's a reason I'm sharing this. Um, but I remember thinking of the freedom that I have and how that can either be used for righteous reasons or it can be used for unrighteous reasons. Jillian has no clue what I do. And this was before Life 360, okay? So she wasn't tracking wherever I was going. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with that app. No. <laughs> but I had, the, I had the freedom to either honor or dishonor my wife when I went out to work. And she would never know. So there was a level of trust there was a level of faithfulness that needed to happen when I left the office. She didn't need to search or stress. My goal every day when I got up was that she would be sitting in a place of security. So I could go to work and I could come back to work and she knew all things without knowing anything. Know what I mean? Amen? Practical. Practical. So increase was expected. This is the second one. Increase was expected. So in verse 16 and 17, it says, he who had five gained five more. It goes on to say, he who had two had gained two more. Faithfulness does more than what you're just paid to do. Now let's go and apply it to our marriage. So is our marriage growing? Are we communicating? Is there increase happening in our marriage? Am I investing in the home or am I disconnected with what is going on? I wrote down increase is not just financial, but it certainly includes it. But increase do I see life happening in my kids? Do I see, am I, am I gaining what's in their heart? Are they serving the Lord? Are they, are, am, I, am I at least doing what I can to push them to the Lord? Increase is expected. Motives, number three, motives were for others. The servants went out and worked, not for themselves, but to produce more for their manager. They were entrusted with a talent. They received that. They went out and they put it to good use. Bringing increase for their manager. So when he returned, they were able to say, here's what you gave me and here's what I did with it. It's increase isn't just for ourselves. That's the wrong gospel to listen to. Increase is for the kingdom Increases for God's glory. That is the increase that God is looking to bring to your life. Is he going to increase 
our everyday lives and the things? Absolutely. I'm telling you, I can, I can testify to that. He has supplied all our needs according to his riches and glory. But when we go out, when, when, when I have a heart to bring increase into my home, it creates a why I go to work and why I leave work. Meaning, I don't just go to work trying to get increase, and so I stay there till 10 o'clock at night, sacrificing my family. It means I go to work, I leave work, and now I go and I'm investing now in my home. I pray that the Holy Spirit is starting to quicken into your minds and into your hearts areas where faithfulness, where he's looking and desiring faithfulness in your life. I'm using my family. It might be work. Again, it might be school. It might be family. That's for the Holy Spirit to show you. The reason I have my family in church there's a reason why we pray together for God to see the increase in our lives, knowing ultimately that if I bring my family to him, God gives the increase. If we're honest, I'm not increasing anything. But I'm faithful with the task that he puts before me that he might continue to increase it day after day after day. I love in Genesis 39, 2 through 23, talking about Joseph. Joseph was given a promise, a, a call. And Joseph shared that vision, that call with other people, with his brothers. And it didn't turn out so well from him initially. If you've ever read the story, I wrote down, he had a number of tests that he had to, to pass. He had to pass a pride test, a pit test, a palace test, a purity test, a prison test, a prophetic test, a power test, a prosperity test, a pardon test, a purpose test, a test, a test, a test, a test, a test. Psalms 119 or 105.19 says, until the word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. But in each and every area, as Genesis 39, 22 says, 23 says, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. He didn't have to be watched over. He was faithful in secret. He was faithful in the open. He was faithful with the things that God put before him while he waited for that promise to come to pass. At age 16, I felt a call to the ministry. I'm 43. There's a long road in between all of this. But day after day, what can we learn today? How can we be faithful today? 
I wrote down faithful in little, faithful in much. Luke 16, 10 through 11 says, he who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? It's not about what has been placed in your care. It's not the amount of what has been placed in your care that matters. It is what you're doing with it. Take, it what, take what you have, lay it before the Lord, and ask for his help to increase it. Be faithful with each step he leads you to. Joseph continued to serve the vision of whoever's house he was in. Are you faithful with somebody else's vision while you're waiting for your own to come to pass? Are you serving where you're at? Are you faithful at work? Are you faithful in your home? Even if it doesn't look like what you really want it to look like, what you, the vision that you feel that God has, has given you, be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Jesus is looking for faithfulness. When he rose from the dead and ascended to heaven, he gave us the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He tells us to go out, but not alone. He gave us the Holy Spirit so that we could carry out what he asks. He is coming back one day, and as Luke 18, 8 states, when he comes, will he really find faith in the earth? You may have... Think of faithfulness and you see brokenness. You see a lack of faithfulness. We see faithfulness when we look to Jesus, the one who is faithful. I want to pray for you. If you just close your eyes, let's just quiet our hearts. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would reveal to each person here what you, what you want them to know about faithfulness. God wants to bring increase into your life. He has a plan and a purpose. But in order to understand what your purpose and plan is, there's one question every heart needs to have answered. That question is, is my heart right with God? Until that gets answered, you can never discover all that God has for you. There has to be a defining moment in your life where we stop trying to be better, where we trust our heart and our life to Jesus Christ. He is the faithful one. Romans says 
In the Bible, it says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you are here this morning and you don't know if your heart is right with God, but today you want to know, we're going to pray. And today is the day for you to reach out, for you to, to ask Jesus to come into your life, to come in and change your heart. Today is the day. We're going to pray here. But at first, if you're here today and you want to ask Christ into your heart, I'm going to ask that you raise your hand. I don't know where each person is in their walk with God. But if you're here right now and you say, my heart is not right with God, but today I want to know for sure, will you slip up your hand? We're going to pray. But slip up your hand right now. Let me see your hand. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if you raise your hand, are you meant to? I'm going to ask that you repeat this prayer after me. And church, will you repeat it also together for encouragement? Let's say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe Jesus died on the cross, that he rose again, and that he's seated on the throne. Jesus, forgive me for all that I've done wrong, and I choose to forgive all others. Come into my heart today and forever. I am yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give.